All right, so we have a lot of stuff to go through. We should probably get started. Uh, how does how is your cashless society working out for you? So, all right, a couple of things. Got gotten quite a bit of follow up and feedback about the whole cash scenario. One thing that's worth noting that in the UK, people are sending this in. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's just a thing. Uh, we're about to change all of our banknotes to these new polymer notes. It's like a different material. They're going to have like the see-through sections. Um, they're like the Australian notes, uh, like the Euro notes. They, they feel more plasticky than paper. So Weird. we're about to change the fiver over to that soon. And then other, uh, the 10, the 20, the 50 are going to join. They're better, you know, they're, they're harder to forge and they're more durable and they have less germs and that kind of thing. So you'll eventually probably get them, you know, in like the year 3000 or something. I think that's a bit aggressive. I think we're looking closer to 3500 So you'll get them at some point. But a lot of people have written in with, with varying things about the about our discussion. Many people agree with me. Many people agree with you. Uh, one of my favorite uh, things to, to argue, people will say to me, oh, you said about, you know, you have an ATM card with you. Uh, that you can just get cash if you ever need it. What if the ATM system goes down, right? Mm -hmm. To which I just reply, what if I lose my wallet? Like, you know, you've gone to end times kind of areas here. You know, like mm -hmm. the ATM system going down is a very rare thing to occur. Um, and I'm more likely to lose my wallet than the ATM system to, to go down. You say that. No, you're probably right. No, I know I'm right. I used to work for a bank. Um, but what, the reason you bring this up is I was just in Barcelona. We're going to get to that in a little bit. I'm sorry, you were where? And Barcelona. Thank you. I think that's how the locals like you to say it. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be very excited when I did say it like that. Did you seriously? No, I would Oh my God, I was going to say, what is wrong with you, man? They all, they all shouting. They all got very excited when I said that. I, don't, I couldn't quite catch what they were saying to me, though. Um, and I sent you a Slack message because something happened to me that I thought you would enjoy very much. I was in a, uh, a very hipster coffee place, which you, it, yeah, me, uh, if you met me, it's, uh, <laughs> it was called Nomad Coffee Roasters. Um, and it ranks probably in the top three, uh, coffee shops I've ever been to for quality of coffee. It was stupendous. Um, so we, we had a coffee there a couple of times and on the last day, cause I always, this is something I had lots of euros. I had cash, right? I got out, got a couple of hundred. Uh, we got a couple of hundred more because when I'm on these sort of trips, I just get out the currency because it tends to be easier than dealing with cards because cards can get blocked, et cetera, et cetera. I did say that on the last one, didn't I? That I do take currency. You did. You did. Um, but it was on the last day of the trip and aside from just buying coffee we decided to buy some beans from this place so we could have some of this great coffee at home for a little while so instead of like the five euros that we had of us that would have covered the coffee it came to like you know like 18 or something and i got my card out and they were like we don't take card here oh really yeah well this is the whole thing of right so you know this 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 underscores the point that i was making however though because 
I took out cash because I know places don't take card outside of the UK. Inside of the UK, this is not an issue, right? So this is never this never is a thing that happens. If I go to a coffee shop in the UK, it would thoroughly surprise me if they didn't take card payments. Like so much so that I probably never would have walked into that place in the first place. Because mm-hmm. this place had all of the look that you would have in the UK if you had a card machine. Okay. You know, like it would have a square basically if it didn't have anything. Right. It had that look about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and even though there is contactless payments in Spain, they don't seem to be very widely adopted yet for whatever reason. So I had to go and walk to a cash machine while Adina waited inside of the place so it didn't look like we were running away. But I thought Aww. you would really enjoy it. But whilst it, it does, you know, prove the idea of having the cash with us, there's like a couple of things. One, we did have cash, which didn't have enough. Um, and two, you know, different different places is why I take cash with me. But when I'm at home, I would never even think of doing this because it would, I probably just would instinctively not go into a place that didn't have a card machine because anywhere that is new and modern and nice looking typically will have a card terminal now for contactless right. payments. Well, you know, but I thought it was funny because that conversation, as soon as she told me I needed to go get cash, <laughs> your smiling face popped up in my head. <laughs> as it should. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was your trip? Yeah, it was really nice. So um, me and Adina took a trip to uh, Barcelona for the Primavera Music Festival. Um, it's, uh, I think Primavera happens in a few places. Um yeah, they have one, like, I think next week in Portugal or something. Uh, and this time it was in Barcelona. And it was one of the types of festivals that I like to go to now because it was not camping. <laughs> so you stayed in a hotel room? Yes, you stay in a hotel and you you, you just go to the festival ground every day. But like many European festivals, unlike UK based festivals like continental europe festivals they are uh they are going until very late into the day um like the the festival actually tends to wind down about six or seven a.m what yeah what kind of lunatics do that oh my god i'm waking up at six in the morning yeah well you know you don't you don't well, obviously, then you sleep until like noon. But oh my goodness! So right. is that what you guys did? Were you trying to catch acts that were staying on that late? Not that late, but late enough. I mean, we were getting back to our hotel between three and four a.m. Um, and we were walking distance from the from the venue. They were playing, but yeah, we we would get back at about three or four a.m. Would sleep until like eleven, um, and then have a lazy day. Go back to the festival in the evenings. It was it was really nice actually. Weather was great. Sat by the beach a little bit. Um, did a bunch of walking around. I've had uh, I had my most like exercise move day ever on my Apple Watch. Because <laughs> not only were we walking around in the daytime, we were also like you know dancing and being up and around in like the wee hours of the morning. So you were kind of double dipping on both sides of the day. Right. Right. Hmm, intense. So uh, who are you Who were you excited to see prior to having actually arrived? And by the way, I'm looking at this program. I'll we'll have a link to the, the to the site in general in the show notes. But I'm looking at the schedule for um, 
I think it's Friday I was just looking at, and it gets crazy busy. There are so many different entries on this schedule. So who are you excited to see before you arrived? Well, I only went for two acts. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went to see The Last Shadow Puppets, which um, Arctic Monkeys, you will have heard me mention before, Mm -hmm. uh, their lead singer, Alex Turner, has another project, a band project. He's released like two albums in nearly 10 years um, with them. Maybe you know it's there or thereabouts. The, the second one just came out recently. Uh, so, a guy called Miles Kane, who's in a band called we used to be in a band called The Rascals, and now he's out on his own. Uh, they're one of my very favorite bands. The music is just so incredible. Uh, so, I went to see them, but also uh, to see Brian Wilson performing as part of the fifty and uh, fiftieth anniversary of Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's doing like a world tour basically right now of that, and. Uh, Primavera was one of the stops on his tour. So I went for those two. Um, Adina went to see uh, an act, a group called LCD Sound System, um, who are very popular. You will know some LCD Sound System songs because just uh, everybody does because uh, they're used, you know, they've been used all over the place over the last however many years it's been. Uh, they've kind of got back together recently to do some touring. So we went to see them. And we were with some friends as well, and everybody had their own acts that they wanted to see, but everybody had like a couple, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Adina wanted to take a trip to, and yeah, it kind of just all worked out. So yeah, that was why we went. And then it was nice uh, for us to take a trip this close to WWDC because, I don't know, it just felt like a good thing that we got to spend some quality vacation time together before I go away again. Right. And how was it? How was Brian Wilson? Oh, it was fantastic. He was on for um it was on for about ninety minutes. Uh he played Pet Sounds took like forty five. Um and then he played like all the all the great songs. Uh I cried for about forty minutes of that show. I'm not Seriously? Even exaggerating. Yeah. I was just like not like bawling, but I was uh I had tears in my eyes sometimes running down my cheeks and there were times where I couldn't sing because I was getting too choked up. There are so many reasons for this. Like, One, uh, I just love his music so much. Uh, It means so much to me uh, that I I find it just emotional to listen to. Um, The other is... uh, when you know Brian Wilson's life story and and you see the uh the condition that he is in now it's just horrifyingly heartbreaking um the kind of what the drugs and and bad care has done to him throughout mm. his life probably mental illness as well um and you see kind of this talent reduced to uh a kind of a shell of a man um Although I will say that I think this is the fourth time I've seen him, and this was the most lucid I've ever seen him, um, and he, he seemed to be enjoying himself the most. But then also Pet Sounds specifically um, is being written by a man who is, uh, at that time of his life, he is being ousted from the group that he helped create. Um, he was kicked out of the Beach Boys, was just after Pet Sounds, and... He is clearly at this point dealing with some demons, and you can hear it in in the songs. And there's so many, uh, yeah. That it's just you know it's it's really sad stuff. 
So you combine all <clears throat> you combine all of that together, and uh, makes me cry a lot. So I was crying a lot. I feel like I heard a couple of hints of you getting a little flustered just a moment ago. Yeah, I'm telling you, he, yeah, it's it gets me, man. He really gets me. Like I feel like I have such an understanding for what he was singing about. I mean, I think so many people do. Um, but so few are able to put it as eloquently and beautifully as him. And when you put a lot of it into context and when you know as much of his story as I do, uh, it's it just makes it all the more affecting. You know, uh, we've seen a couple of artists that I think mean similarly to me as Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys do to you. You know, I've grown up on these artists. Um I still listen to them some, but maybe not as much as I did when I was growing up. And, and I did a lot when I was growing up because my parents did when I was growing up. And, um, you know, we saw Elton John a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. He's one of these artists. And I think for you as well, actually. But um, yeah. we saw Elton John a few months ago. And it's very bittersweet because these men and women that we're talking about are not getting any younger. And you never know when you're sitting there in, in, or standing there in the concert venue it, Will I ever have the opportunity to see this person again? I mean, it could be that in a year from now, they may not be with us anymore. And it it's a very morose thing to think when you're sitting there enjoying this this person's music. But at the same time, I can't help but think it at least once every time I see an Elton John or a Billy Joel or a Peter Gabriel or what have you. And just think, God, I hope they're still around in a few years, you know, long enough so maybe I could take Declan even. But but it's so unlikely. Yeah, I expect that was probably my last Brian Wilson show. Because he doesn't tour very often, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, you know, he's in his seventies and he's not in the best of shape, so I, I expect that was probably the last time that I've seen him. But it was sounds like it was worth it. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic show, and it was a great venue, and the sun was setting. Oh god, that's was, awesome! Yeah, it was beautiful, and uh, he played. You know, uh, there's so so many of those songs I've never heard live before because. You don't you don't play a song like you know I guess I just wasn't made for these times like you don't you don't play that like there's you you just don't it's just too sad um or uh look at something like um don't talk put your head on my shoulder I'm not getting the names correct the yes, iPod generation but you know they're like the the main lyrics of the song and you just, you know, if the Beach Boys are playing a show or Brian Wilson's playing a show, you don't play those. Um, but they did then, and it was, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, if you want to hear any more about Pet Sounds, there's a uh, program called Inquisitive on a very, very, very popular podcast network called Relay. I don't know if you've heard of this, Mike, but uh, episode 38 uh, was favorite album, uh, Faith Corpy, Dear Friend of the Show, and Pet Sounds, uh, when uh, an individual called Mike Hurley and Faith Corpy uh, discussed this very album. Yeah, Faith, uh, she really kind of reintroduced me to that album. Because Pet Sounds is such a deviation from the Beach Boys, I'd never played it too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, in preparation, preparing for that, and then having hear her speak about the album um, in the way that she did, she really kind of spurred the love for me. Like Pet Sounds is one of the greatest albums ever made. Um, if you have not listened to Pet Sounds, you should listen to Pet Sounds. 
Fair enough. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Any other notes on the trip? Uh, how was LCD sound system? How was Last Shadow Puppets? Everything else was good? Um, yeah, the festival was really good. The company was fantastic. It was a, it was a great trip. Um, and whilst taking a trip which drops you back home kind of three or four days before you leave again, uh, even though that really makes the the workload more stressful like my pre-wwdc workload is very stressful like i don't know if you can hear it me i'm very tired right now um, <laughs> i'm a little bit loopy so you got that going for you just because also i didn't sleep very well because the time difference is only an hour but when you've been i've basically been on like san francisco time for a weekend because mm-hmm. of the crazy sleep schedule oh that we've right, had. right 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 so I have I didn't sleep very well last night. So um, yeah. So even though all of those things happen from taking a trip, uh, the, the as I said, like spending that time together before I go on this trip, I liked it um, because it was nice for us. I feel way less guilty than I usually do for leaving <laughs> uh, because Fair we enough. had a nice trip together, and I would definitely want to make something like this a, a, a tradition that you know the weekend before or a week or two before we go on a little vacation because I think that would be nice. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And uh, any other thoughts on the trip or should we talk about our mutual vacation that's coming up? Let's talk about our vacation. Yeah, that's the one that's really important. Sorry, Dina. <laughs> WWDC time is upon us. It is The, the time is nigh. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, unless you're listening live, um, I will either be in route or in San Francisco, and you will probably be in San Francisco. I will be in San Francisco, yeah. Excellent. So uh, we may be in each other's arms, literally in each other's arms, as you are listening to these words. It could be. It is possible. It is very possible. So needless to say, we're a little excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm feeling uh, specifically excited for this one. Uh, and I feel like I maybe feel that every year, but there are a few different things happening for this WWDC, which are making it more special for me. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how the whole week plays out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, for me, it's very weird. So, um, this would be my sixth trip to San Francisco in June, uh, consecutively, this is my fourth, just for the record. Okay. Um, I went to WWDC 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15. Um, I did not get a ticket this year. And because of that, I am still very excited to go and very excited to see all my dear friends that, in many cases, like like you, Mike, I only ever see in person once a year. Um, and so I'm super excited to see everyone. And I'm excited to um, do some of the things this year that I haven't done in years past, which I think we're going to talk about in a second. But... I'm also kind of sad that I'm not going to be at the big show this year. And it, and I think we might have talked about this on the show. Certainly you and I have talked about this off the air, that it figures that the first year that I'm actually a professional iOS developer, like this is what I do for a living, this is the first time that I don't have a ticket to the, show, to the, well, to the conference. This is how the universe works, my friend. Yep. You, you took that ticket from someone, yep. and now they're taking it from you. It's true. It's true. Sad, Maybe it's though. Federico. It could be, yeah. It's sad times, but um, but I am excited. I uh, posted. Now you was, can see how the other side live. Yeah, exactly. I uh, posted last night a uh, quick 
series of uh, WWDC travel tips, which if you're listening to this and you're going to WWDC, it's probably too late at this point. Um, Some of these are appropriate for any time of year in San Francisco. Some of these are appropriate for any travel anywhere, but um, it it would be remiss of me not to do my not quite annual pre WWDC post. And so that's what that is. Yeah, it's good. There's some good stuff in there. Um, Namely that, tourist sim it wouldn't be very useful for me um i'm probably not going to get that for federico who will be joining us this time because the date there isn't a lot of data on there two gigabytes of data for a, In a week. week you can go through i can go through way more than that like it's you know it happens when all you're doing is on data all the time checking things checking maps looking at instagram reading tweets like it happens i did it we i had like a 500 gigabyte uh, 500 megabyte per day plan whilst roaming um there's this new e, uh, eu thing which is pretty good that i'm on um and there was one day on my trip where i blew through it it happens it's you know, it's easy to to fall into the, your kind of usual modes of it and you end up using it more than you expect but it's definitely possible to do i believe you that that's the thing but when aaron and the armaments and, and me when we all went to germany in 2013 um, we, I think I had, I don't even think Aaron shared it. I think I had a 200 megabyte allotment for the entire week. And granted, I barely ever used my phone for barely anything, which is very different than the experience you kind of have to have at WWDC. But I made it home with like a solid 15, 20 megs left on that allotment. So it's funny to me, you saying you would blow through well over two gigs in the span of a week, because here it was, I did 200 megs in the span of a week, but uh, it's a different, it's also a different time. This is three years later, everything's chattier, everything uses more data. So fair enough. Yeah. Like this is, you know, for me, it's like, so I don't have to worry about like, yeah, yeah, yeah. did I check this and this, did I, is this on, is this off, you mm-hmm. know, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I just don't want to think about any of that. So now. I don't have to, right? Yeah, so so you're going to use the the thing that's associated with your domestic cell phone plan? No, I bought a, a, a T-Mobile SIM maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. and I just top that up every time I come, and I get unlimited data for the, for the for a month every time I top it up. Do you remember how much that costs? Uh, it's $80 I mean, every time I top it up. It's expensive, but for unlimited data, I'd say it's worth it. For unlimited data and 10 gigabytes of tethering for that week, like, I'll pay it. Yeah. You know, I pay it a couple of times a year, maybe three or four times a year. There are definitely better options, but this one is great for me. Yeah, I hear Like, all I need to do is just go on, run one payment on my card, and we're good to go. That makes sense. Uh, What what are you looking forward to? So there are a few things that are different, right? So uh, Federico is coming. Um, the whole trip, we, we have this whole trip planned, right? Like a meeting at the airport. We're staying over um, at a hotel near the airport because we have a re- not an early flight, but like a relatively early flight. We mm-hmm. have a meet up in London. Um, which we've planned out, which is like 150 people or something, which is insane. Um, That will have already happened by the time you're hearing this. Uh, And then we're traveling together all the way to San Francisco. I'm arriving a little earlier than usual. We're arriving on Saturday. Um, And there's just all these little things that are going to be different for me this time. Um, Being able to give Federico his first WWDC experience, um, is going to be a real special thing for me as people did for me when I first had my 
WWC experience a couple of years ago. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and it's been a lot of fun kind of helping him plan out the events to go to and, and all that sort of stuff. I take a lot of um, pleasure in, in giving my friends experiences like that where I can. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm very excited for Federico. We're staying together. Uh, we're, we're rooming together, which, you know, I, I think we've mentioned this before. I really like that. Um, I like the, the sharing a room thing. I know many people don't, but I'm already with my friends. It feels like I get to spend more time with them that way. I like that. Um, and I'm a hugger, so whatever. <laughs> uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Obviously, um, I am very excited about RelayCon. Um, I'm nervous about RelayCon. Can you explain for listeners, in case they haven't heard about this, what that is? Yeah, I did realize this earlier, actually, that maybe not everybody knows because we, we didn't do a job of really promoting it because the tickets sold out too quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the plan was we were, I was going to, like, talk about this everywhere for what I thought was going to be two months, but we announced the tickets and they were gone. Uh, it is a live show in San Francisco um, that we're putting on. Uh, we are going to be doing a couple of interesting things. So we have a couple of, like, panels, I guess. Uh, we're going to be doing a live connected and a live what is tentatively called Mike and Friends, um, which is <laughs> me, Jason, and Serenity Coldwell. Um, and we're basically going to be splitting the announcements into two halves, right? And we'll be tackling one half with a connected crew and one half with Jason uh, and Ren. So but that's going to be really great. We've got uh, some exciting things planned. No Apple executives. Bef- you know, I feel like it, that has to be prefaced like you can't say exciting thing in san francisco now without somebody thinking that you're going to have an apple executive on stage right Um, which was why we didn't say special guests in our (laughs) stuff we just said who it was right like these are the people right let's not be ambiguous about this um so that's going to be a really great thing um we have been working very hard steven has been working way harder steven has done an incredible job on the logistics um and i've been kind of doing more of the content but part of the problem is i don't know what i'm talking about yet until a couple of hours before i go on stage because i don't know what is announced Mm. so i can't plan that's tough that is the thing that is nerve-wracking uh, I can't prepare as much as I would like to prepare. Like, I have a document right now where I have, like, written out everything that I need to written out. I have things planned where I can have questions. I've written them all already. But there's a lot of minute detail things that I need and to, to do. Luckily, with the time that we're looking to fit it in, I'm only going to need a couple of questions per topic. Um, we we want to try and keep it snappy, right? We, we We've only got the venue for a few hours. We don't want to fill the whole time up because, like, we have, like, an open bar, right? Otherwise, everyone's just going to be sitting and listening to us. So, yeah, there's just a bunch of things in regards to that. Like, I've never done one of these before. We've never done this before. I have no idea how it's going to go. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be great. But, like, there's all those little bits that will happen on the day where it's like, oh, that was something I didn't think of or this is Mm -hmm. something I didn't expect. So I'm excited to see how that's going to go. Um, are you looking forward to RelayCon? Do you have a ticket to RelayCon? Uh, I do have a ticket to RelayCon. There was a brief moment earlier today when I thought I did not. You were going to be left out in the cold. Indeed. Uh, I would be looking uh, forward to it considerably more if there's going to be a live analog, but I'm not good enough, so that's cool. Um, 
but you know you, you can't win them all uh no i oh my, can't win them all i uh you can catch them all but you can't win them all uh no i am looking very forward to it uh it's it's going to be very cool and very different um you and i were discussing this morning we actually had a facetime call this morning and i think it's going to be a bit of the Mike Hurley variety hour. And at first that doesn't sound terribly appealing perhaps because you're like, okay, well usually, no, hold on. Usually variety hours, that just means we're going to do it. We're going to throw a bunch of crap at the wall and hope a little bit of it is entertaining. But you were discussing with me the details, which I will not get into of the Mike Hurley variety hour. And I'm looking forward to it. This should be pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, this is the part I was born to play. (laughs) Right, I, I am a host. That is my job. My job is to host people and have conversations with them. This right. is just that. I've done this before. Uh, I did something quite similar to this at all last year with like an hour's notice, basically. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it it was like you're do. Are you, do you want to do this thing? Sure, I'll do this thing. None of the content arranged till the day. Nice. So. I know I can do this because all I'm going to need is a few questions and I can make this type of thing happen. It's just going to be a very different environment. I'm excited about it and I'm nervous for it. I was picking out my outfit today. Uh, of course That's you are. things go. Uh-huh. No, I am looking forward to it. Uh, what else is going on that you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to uh, Layers, which is a alternative mm-hmm. conference that I'll be at Um and that's put on by uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jesse Char, and her friend, uh, Elaine Powell, I believe. I hope I have that right. Uh, yes, I do. And uh, there's a bunch of really great speakers that I'm really looking forward to. And um, it's a very even-handed uh, speaker lineup. Uh, plenty of women, plenty of men, plenty of designers, a handful of developers. It, it's going to be a little bit different than what I'm used to, but I am excited for it. And so I'm looking forward to that. And then all the kind of randomness that that happens at wwdc you know the 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 times at the hotel bar where you just run into your friends and the times when somebody stops you on the street and says hey are you casey you know i I, hopefully they say i really enjoy your show um i I love that i eat that up it's sometimes i feel terrible because i have to run away and uh and go to wherever i'm going and i don't have the time to chat but if you happen to be someone in san francisco uh the week that this episode comes out and you see mike or myself on the street i'm going to speak for mike and saying please say hi we love it when you say hi we may but we may or may not have time to talk for more than a moment Moment, but we do love it when uh, when you say hi, so please do. Yeah, I gotta say, layers looks great. Um, I I had a pass last year, uh, and through many reasons, ended up not being able to attend much more than a couple of hours of the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm not doing it this time, um, just because it was uh, it was very expensive for a, for for two hours. Yeah, I can right? understand that. So I, I'm expecting that I will have a similarly busy, but hopefully for more exciting reasons, WWDC. Last year, we were plagued with technical issues. Um, and a lot of those were like Skype-related and stuff like that. We don't need to call anyone in this year. Uh, Stephen has kind of got the on-the-road recording set up down now. Like We're very confident that he's got all of that set. Um, we've learned from our previous mistakes i guess or just misgivings so i'm not worried about any of that but like i know i'm going to be super busy i'm recording less than i did last year as well because i want to make sure i'm leaving some time to actually enjoy myself um 
there are a few other things that I'm uh, excited about. Uh, naturally, the talk show, because what's going to happen? Nobody knows, but I'm excited about that. Uh, I would like to now uh, go against my previous uh, advice from last year. Don't listen to me and stand in the back. Like I told you to last year, uh, because I, you know, I said stand in the back, take advantage of the free bar, and then analog listeners were sticking knives into the side of me uh, when Phil Schiller came on stage. That is a true story, by the way. There were no knives, but I had people come up to me and say, "You told me to stand in the back, so don't pay any attention to me. Get there early, get a seat." That's my new, that's my new advice, uh, because it's either gonna be. Uh, like Phil Schiller, Craig Federighi, or Maltz. <laughs> so, I mean, who else is he? You know, if he's not going to have an app executive, it's got to be Maltz, right? Yeah, that's probably likely. But uh, in, in summary, ladies and gentlemen, hashtag Mike was wrong. About that. Mm. Although, to be fair, I could still hear him and I still had full use of the bar. So, I mean, I, I didn't lose. <laughs> fair enough. Um What's the best way to um, approach uh, people that you're a fan of? I don't know, you know. Um, I feel like one of the best things to not do is look at them and don't go and say anything. (laughs) You know, like I feel like if you spot someone that you want to talk to, the very best thing to do is go and talk to them. Um, I don't, you know, I've been thinking about this recently. Uh, and I don't know what the best way is. Like, I don't have a best way because I know that when people say like, oh, hi, Casey, I'm a big fan. There isn't really a lot to respond. Oh, totally. To. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say thank you so much. But, you know, like, I mean, and, and now I have, having done this enough times, I've worked up questions that I would ask back to someone. So if you do see me and that's all you want to say to me, I will have questions to ask you. So don't worry about it. <laughs> But I feel like now, you know, if I was going to give some advice to someone, if you see somebody that you're a fan of, why don't you go up to them and say, hi, how are you doing? How has your week been? Like, I'm a big fan of your work. What's the thing that you're most excited about from WWDC? Mm-hmm. That's my question that I ask the people. So I'm giving my game away. You know, I'll just say to them, like, what are you excited about? Like, what is the announcement that's exciting you? Why is it exciting you? We're all there for a common reason. This is very different to other types of conferences. So there's a, there is a common ground that we can all talk about. Um, I will share with – I'm sure I've shared this story before, but I love telling this story about all, about me trying to use this tactic on, on John Syracuse in my first year. I've told you this, right? Where yeah, you guys came into a bar that I actually the same place that we were doing the relay con event, and uh, I I went up to John and I said hello and I asked him what what are you most excited about and he told me we just recorded ATP for two hours, I, you'll be able to hear it there, <laughs> so <Something laughs> words to that effect. He wasn't nasty; he was just being John Syracuse. And I and at the time at the time he couldn't have said anything better to me because I got a John Syracuse reply. <laughs> Uh, of course if he would have told me oh i really loved the announcement of x i wouldn't remember this yeah that's a good point actually i didn't think of it that way uh no i i agree with what you said um it is extremely nice and extremely flattering for anyone to come up to you and say hey i i think i know who you are like in and of itself that's exciting 
for that for someone to say, "Hey, I think I know who you are," and by the way, I like your work, is doubly exciting. But if you can offer anything other than that, that's just like icing on the cake, right? Hey, I love your work. I really liked the episode when, or um, you know, I, it's it's a pleasure to meet you. I've always, I don't know, I, I've always wanted to tell you X, even if it's you know, oh, I got to tell you, you're insane, and Domino's Pizza is disgusting. Like, I mean, you're. Entitled Man, you're to that? Get that so bad. Oh, oh my god! And I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, as wrong as it may be. But at least it gives us something to talk about, and that uh-huh. takes that takes a lot of pressure off both of us because I think both Mike and I are personable enough that we can run with just about anything. But you kind of need to lob something us something up for us to to, to run with. And well, you don't have to, but it's a lot. I think that's easier. the same for everyone, though. Sure, because. This is like that weird thing where, you know, like I'm big in Japan, right? That kind of idea. <laughs> where like this only ever happens to us once a year and everybody that's there, if you know them, they're only known by people for that time. So it's like you've got to kind of adjust your mindset to it, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But... Uh, should we go back to some other things that we're excited about? I agree. Like, best way to to do what what you've suggested. It's what I do now. It's go up to somebody, tell them that you love their stuff, and then just ask them a question, mm-hmm. so they can at least either have a conversation with you, or they can answer the question and get away if they if they're on their way to something. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. What else are you excited for? I want to mention uh the app camp for girls and uh james dempsey and the breakpoints event mm-hmm. it's a fundraiser um so when you're hearing this depending on when you're listening you may be listening on your way in you need to get a ticket if you're not in san francisco um you're not at wwc just give them some money it's a great benefit for app camp for girls uh, i'm gonna be there and relay fm is a, a moderate sponsor of the event as well um because it's something that you know, we really, really believe in App Camp. It's one of the very best things, if nothing more, uh, than be- that Jim McDonald is a wonderful person. Um, True and story. She's been very kind to us, so we do all that we can to help support her fantastic organization. And you should do the same. So there'll be links in the show notes where you can go and uh, pledge some money, get them some money. Um, and if you're going to be in town, come to the Rock Show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there or not. I think I'm going to, but I have this gut feeling I'm double booked, so I'm going to have to look into that. But I think oh, I'm I double be booked there. for everything. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I'm just so excited to see everyone. I mean, it's just so much fun. Some of my best moments, um, or my favorite moments at, at, in San Francisco for WWDC week, are the times when we're just chilling in a hotel bar or or a bar somewhere in San Francisco and just chatting. And th- they're some of my favorites. Um, There's also, uh, I'm not really looking forward to Joe SteelCon, which I think is rolling <laughs> in on Thursday and Friday. Um, it's a traveling show. Uh, disapproval. Mm. Yeah, I um, I also am looking forward to, um, since the, the Layers Conference ends on Wednesday, I think on Thursday, myself and a couple of friends are going to be going to um, Facebook and Apple. Um, I've never actually been to the Apple uh, campus. I, One in Philip Loop, right? Yep. I am planning on going there. I'm planning to have lunch at Cafe Max, which I am really, really excited for. Um, 
a friend of mine who used to work at the uh, Apple store here in town is now doing uh, work for Apple corporate. And so uh, he can get me into one IL with a few of our, with a few of my friends. And so I think we're going to go uh, rent a car. We're going to go drive down to Cupertino, have lunch, then come up through Mountain View to uh, stop at Facebook because a very kind listener is offered to take us around. And, um, and then come back, and then uh, we have a private event that you and I will both be at on Thursday evening, which is also one of the highlights of my week. So I'm super, yeah, super stoked for uh, that. I look forward to that very much. It's just a dinner at a friend's house. Yep. And uh, the, the first time – I'd heard legends of this dinner for years. Uh, and the first time <laughs> – and I'm, I'm not kidding. This is really true. No, because I, I feel the same. And we both went to it at the same year last year, right? And it was like, it, it was one of those wonderful things when it actually lived up to the hype. You know, it was just a really, really lovely time. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've that arrived. was how I felt. It's it so ridiculous. true. Could not, I could not agree with you more. So <laughs> now, I'm going to be doing the One Infinite Loop trip this year as well on a, on a different day. Unfortunately, uh, uh, schedules don't match up because you're, you're attending a conference. Um, and I haven't got a, a lunch or anything planned as of right now, um, I'm purely making that trip because I've never been there, and what this this is the last year, right? They'll they'll be moved, they'll be gone. By oh next yeah, year, probably. They? I think that's right. So that's why I want to do it. I want to go to the company store. You know, I want to do all of that before you can't do it anymore, or at least when you go, it doesn't mean as much. You know, I want to go there whilst everything's still there. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that because I've never made that trip. And most people that I know have made that trip. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And plus being on the road with some friends, you know, on the highway in America just seems like a fun and kind of weird thing. <laughs> Fair enough. So in summary, uh, you might want to block us for the next week on Twitter because mm-hmm. it's just going to be incessant and nonstop. And I'm probably not going to have the courtesy to hashtag anything outside of the keynote. I try very hard to hashtag the keynote. But anything outside of that, just mute us for a week because it's going to be it's going to be nonstop. Relaycom will be recorded, by the way, uh, audio. Excellent. Um, and that will be available in the connected feed. So if you want to check out Relaycom, go subscribe to Connected. It's a great show. Um, it's a great show. Apparently, I have heard it referred to as the stop. Words. We're done. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. You didn't know what I was going to say. Oh, sure I did. I snuck it in a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Did you get it? Did you catch it? I don't think I did. Oh, in in, right. in your show. I thought you meant here. Yes, I did. I did catch it in the other show, and I wanted. And I thought I typed something snarky to you, and then I thought to myself, which we actually might briefly talk about later. I thought to myself, no, there's no need to be so negative. Just let him have his moment. Yeah, you gotta let me have my moments. Speaking of moments. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace who will give you the simplest way to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own site today at squarespace.com and you want to use the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S, at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace gives you easy-to-use tools and templates. They let you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort it's worth sharing with the world and when you want to share something on the internet one of the things that at least gets has always gotten in my way is the getting the website going and that can be a really difficult thing if you don't know what you're doing if you don't know html code if you don't know css like i do i don't know any of this stuff it can be really difficult to get your thoughts out to get your work out if you can't even get the site up 
And that is what Squarespace can help you with. If you don't know any of this stuff, if you don't want to be bothered with any of this stuff, if you don't want to have to worry about security upgrades and caching and hosting, or if you know someone or you have a friend or a family member or there's like a an organization in your area or a business that you know is looking for a website, Squarespace is exactly what you need in all of those instances. They give you all of the power that you need. They also back it up with 24-7 support. They have rock-solid fast hosting. They have features like their commerce platform, so you can add a store to your site, cover page functionality to build great single-page websites. They have responsive design built into all of their professionally designed templates, state-of-the-art technology through and through to ensure security and stability. This is why Squarespace are trusted by millions of people around the world. You can be one of these people, too. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and you'll get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Go and find out more today at squarespace.com and sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS F-E-E-L-S to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. Um we are going to cut the small portion out of the show. Um, you said the, um, what did you call the Joe Steele con? Uh, traveling show of disapproval. Yeah. I blanked for a second. That joke was much funnier than I gave you credit for. And I apologize for it. was much funnier. I know. Than I, I was, I didn't know what had happened. I was like, this is fantastic. And you just moved on. Yep. Uh, maybe we have to leave this in the show actually, because I, pro- I should publicly apologize for not acknowledging that actually stellar joke. So, so in the last uh, couple of weeks since we've recorded the uh, BBC TV show Top Gear, which up until this year I would have said, and maybe still would say, we'll talk about it, is my favorite TV show ever. Uh, that has come back, and it has come back with an entirely different cast. It used to be Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and uh, James May. That was the show I knew and loved since 2002-ish, give or take a year. Um, and through a series of weird and unfortunate events, which I think we've covered on and off during the show, um, the three hosts have left. They're now starting something on Amazon. We, we'll talk about that another time. Top Gear has been rebooted um, with a new cast being led by a gentleman by the name of Chris Evans. I would like to know, and I am honestly asking, what's the deal with Chris Evans? Because I don't think I understand him. For one of the, this is a very rare occurrence that I will do this, but I had to turn off ATP this week. 15 minutes before the end, we were like three minutes, four minutes into the discussion about Top Gear, and I had to turn it off. Because, like you are a sufferer of USA, USA. <laughs> this was a moment of rural Britannia for me. <laughs> there is a. By the way, me and Adina were having this conversation. I don't know how Rule Britannia came up, but like as a thing, Rule Britannia, there is no better than that. Right? Like as a national pride phrase, Rule Britannia. That's pretty great, right? I mean, just chanting the three letters of your country is nowhere near as good as Rule Britannia. We even have a song for it. Do you know that song? Of course I don't. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules. Oh, that song. Yeah, that's oh, Rule Britannia, oh, oh. man. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, well, now I know. Britons never shall be slaves. That's how it continues. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, man, I am sleepy. So, I this is getting frustrated at the overall feeling 
uh, of you three about Chris Evans because you were kind of just like, he's shouting for the sake of shouting. This guy is just trying to be something he's not. And, and all of this is based on you knowing admittedly nothing about him. Chris Evans has been on the television for as long as I have been alive. Um, he has hosted many incredibly successful TV shows in the United Kingdom. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember him from The Big Breakfast, uh, which was a, a great morning show. Uh, I remember him from TGI Friday. No, wait, not TGI. Sorry. I remember him from TFI Friday, which is Thank 4, it's Friday. It was on Channel 4. It was like a late night show. They're just some of the things that he has done. Uh, and recently he's been doing some uh, a show called The One Show, which is like a BBC magazine-style program. He's been on the radio forever on BBC. He is like an institution. People love him. People hate him like anyone. Like, you know, like people love and hate Clarkson. Sure. But we all accept that Clarkson is a British TV institution. Chris Evans is a British TV institution. The problem is people don't know him, and you made a very good point in what I heard on ATP today in that uh, the original Top Gear was abysmal. Well, well slow say down. the original, slow down. the rebooted Top Gear okay, okay. was abysmal. For the when, first couple of what I would call seasons, you would call series. So this was like 2001, 2002-ish. The first, what is it, 20-ish episodes were awful. God, were they bad. So bad. Um so, you know, I think it's worth bearing that in mind. However, so here we have Chris Evans and my feelings about the first episode of Top Gear. I've only watched episode one so far. He definitely failed in some departments, but I don't think anybody could have done as good, could have done a better job than what he had based on what he was given. So this is my overall feeling of, of the way that the show went down. Show begins, he has to be really excited, so he's very loud, but he has been known for being very loud. Like, TFI Friday, that was his thing. Overexcitement, studio audience, running through the audience, throwing things into the audience. Like, he's just crazy like that, right? So he's not trying to emulate anyone. That is his style. But I can see why you would believe it if you don't know anything about him. So that's like strike one for a viewer who doesn't know Chris Evans. The thing that I didn't like is the jokes made at the expense of the old Top Gear. Now, but I can see how this happened. So he he didn't make any jokes until somebody made a joke at him, right? Right at the very start, talks about the catering thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone made that joke at him. He made a joke back. The audience erupted in laughter. So well, he okay, was then okay. playing on the audience. So the jokes later on in the show, the way that I look at it is, they know they're popular with the studio audience. If everyone in the audience is laughing, you're going to assume everyone's going to laugh because it's the only data point that you have. So the one that I really didn't like was that him saying that they got the custody of Stig. I just thought it was just dumb. Mm -hmm. But... Like, you know, he was then really playing to what was perceived in the room as being something that was a funny trend to make. So my feeling about all of this is all of that's going to die down. I mean, is did they make any jokes like that in episode two? Uh, I feel like there was one or two, but it was not as... I can't it's gonna it's gonna for, fall but... away, but like they have the an institution that they are trying to take over here, which you know in, is in Top Gear 
Jeremy Clarkson has always been on Top Gear for as long as Top Gear has existed, right? When uh, it was, not um, forever, but for certainly unequivocally, the overwhelming majority of the time the Top Gear has existed, he like, has been a part of even it. Even before the Top Gear that you know, right? Right, like the, right. The old, what I remember as a kid, just let's review some cars. Like super show. boring. Yeah. This is what the clutch is like type show. You know, like, you know, it, like back to just pure vanilla car show. So, you know, I, I feel like they had a real tough thing to try and battle against. My overall feeling was I enjoyed that episode of Top Gear. When they embraced that it was a different show, I think it worked. So, like, the interview segment was really awkward. Oh, so bad. But I think it was because they were trying to find what they were doing, right? And I so agree. I know, like, but like the the conceit of that is way better in the idea of focusing on the cars. And I love that they did the rally car thing. Like, yeah, I agree with you there. Like, I thought the interview itself in the whole like competing over best first car and best current car like the idea i think you're right the idea of it okay i can understand but the execution was just god awful and it was not mm -hmm. particularly better in the second episode however i completely and utterly doubled down on what you said about the rally car that it was taking kind of the original premise not totally throwing it out the window which may not have been terrible either but but changing it in such a way that it's new and exciting and i really like matt leblanc on the show a lot me um, too but I can't uh, tell and, if I'm just I, jaded. You know, is that just me being a USA USA or is that... I don't think so. See, I didn't I think, think so, so either. But the thing is, though, here's the thing. How would I come to this if I didn't know Matt LeBlanc? Mm. I have feelings about that man, right? Like, I've yeah, seen yeah. him in shows, right? I've watched every episode of Friends. I watched a couple of seasons of the really great BBC comedy he did called episodes are you familiar with episodes at all is that the one where he like played a mock version of himself yeah i've heard it's so, like, really good a lot of respect for a man who can do that because oh, he plays himself as an absolute tool um <laughs> like really like just a not nice person uh and it's like he's matt he is matt leblanc in the show right the total like, they, jerk it, they reference friends but like I think he did really good. I think the two of them together was really good as well. I loved the competition aspect. Um, I really liked the USA UK kind of thing. I I can see why they did that. They're trying to appeal to the US audience in some way, right? Like I feel that was why that existed. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just I feel like they need to grow into the show. I don't think they had enough time to develop the show. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Top Gear previously, that's being developed 365 days a year. Mm hmm. Look at uh, Grand Tour, right? When is that even coming out? Uh, the autumn, I believe. Right. Grand Tour, Grand Tour. In case you don't know, listeners, is the um, the three hosts of the Top Gear that I know and love. They have moved on, like we had said, to um, to Amazon. Amazon has picked up the three of them, and is, they're doing a new motoring show with Amazon. And the name of that show is the Grand Tour. So you've got three people that have worked together for like ten years, or however many years it's been. Let's say five years, six years. 
They know how to work together. They know how, how they're going to work together. They knew from the day that Clarkson got the sack that they were going to work together on a new show, wherever it was going to end up being. And a woman was there with them the whole time. They aren't going to have a show ready till the autumn. It was months until they even got Chris Evans in place. The yeah, fact that they yeah. were able to put out what they put out last week is a freaking achievement. You know, I didn't think of it that way, but I, I would agree with you. I think that's a really good point. The fact that like it is not completely unwatchable is a miracle. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I've downloaded an episode, episode two, to watch on my flight. I think I think that they're going to lose a lot of the audience. Um, it's not going to be the most popular show in the world anymore. I think it's going to stabilize. I think it will grow a little bit, and then they'll just be whatever Top Gear is. But Top Gear... In a couple of years, it's going to look very different if it's still on the air because they're not going to have the budget anymore. Uh, the BBC is not going to be able to carve that out for them if it's not bringing in the money that the old Top Gear used to. Yeah, and I, I think agree. it's a shame. I think it's a a real shame. Um, and also, the BBC did a real bad job. I didn't even know it was coming back until the day before. Oh yeah, I mean I haven't kept as on top of it as I used to because everything was so nebulous, like where it was going to end up, but. I don't think anyone knew when it was coming back until about the week it was coming back. Like, to your point, there was no hype. I mean, and that was always the way it was with Top Gear, in my opinion. But it didn't matter. Well, yeah, that's because everyone was freaking out, waiting. Like, the same way we wait for WWDC week to be announced. Like, we were waiting for the next season start date to be announced. Because you're checking because you care, but nobody really cared as much as well. Because it was like, everyone was referring to it as like the other top gear or like that it was like had some sort of name like whenever i was talking to anyone about it you know it would be like the Mm -hmm. new top gear or chris evans top gear or whatever like it wasn't just top gear because everybody knows that top gear is going to be on amazon in the autumn right right exactly i think it's a real you know that's that anyway this is like if you've skipped over this i wouldn't be surprised if you don't care about the show but i feel like as someone who can talk to Chris Evans is a human. Like I, I know what he is about. I know that he's a massive car guy. I think that you know he has got work to do on this show. I hope that it lasts for him because I think that there is a reason, right? That he was the person that everyone immediately believed to take over the show in this country. Mm-hmm. There was without a question, it was going to be Chris Evans. Like no question at all. You know, that, that's got to count for something. Yeah. Um, it's funny because earlier, like when we first started talking about this, uh, you had said that I didn't know anything about Chris Evans. And that's more true than not. But that's not entirely true. He had been on one of the episodes of, of the Top Gear that, that I know and love. Yeah, but that's not really. Well, no, it, it didn't give me a lot. However, it gave me enough for me to know that this was a man who had spent a tremendous sum of money on various different cars throughout his life, and that genuinely was a true, honest-to-goodness petrol head, to use uh, Mm -hmm. Top Gear parlance. And as far as I could tell, he was a well-respected presenter or uh, host, if you will, in, uh, in, in the UK, who really loves cars. So I actually feel like I went into Top Gear expecting to and wanting to like him, and I came away really disliking him and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second but 
I'm not saying that I won't change my mind. I mean, again, like you had said, like I had said, the first couple of seasons of the, of the Top Gear that I know and love were just pitiful. They were terrible. I mean, James May wasn't even in, this, in the show until the second or third series. So they were just rough. And I'm hoping, like you had said a moment ago, that it'll get back on its feet once it stops trying so hard to be what was and starts trying to find its own way. American yeah. Top Gear, which most people that I know freaking hate, and I actually enjoy, it's nowhere near as good as UK Top Gear, but it's still enjoyable. The first season or so of American Top Gear was pretty rough. And I think a lot of that was because they were trying to follow the same formula as British Top Gear. And it's over like time, my feelings about the US Office. Yeah, I've never seen the Office either edition, but I've heard many people make the same analogy. Or, or when comparison. it's like... When they're just when they are basically just redoing the British one, it's like okay. But as soon as it found its Americanness, it just became amazing, like yeah. just amazing. If you've never seen The Office, spend some time. It oh, it's just so good. Love that show. Yeah, see, I haven't. But um, in any case, I I am hopeful for the future, even though I am disappointed so far. And speaking of disappointed, um, I have an entry in the show notes. And it says, is this what I want to be known for? And this is a hyperlink. I thought this was a joke at me when I first... Uh, well, it was, a, it was a tongue-in-cheek nod at, at that show that I miss of yours so dearly. And I mean that genuinely. Um, but it's a link to a periodical... Is it a newspaper? Is it a tabloid? Is it both? <sighs> the Daily Mail is a horrific tabloid. And they are on the web and i believe they have a president presence in the u.s now as well on the web yeah that very well may be and it's an article uh what's the title let me scroll back up to the top um where oh it's god this title it, it doesn't matter what the title is because it's forever long but suffice to say they were talking about whether or not the new top gear the rebooted top gear with chris evans is any good or not and they're talking about whether the ratings are good whether clarkson is kind of giving a dig to evans blah 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 and um, they were talking about actually the second episode. And so in the, now I'm reading from the article. As with the first episode, Evans was again criticized on social media on Sunday for his shouty presenting style. David Souter uh, wrote on Twitter, quote, Top Gear Chris, Chris Evans is truly dreadful. Why does he have to shout so much? Quote. Another Twitter user, Casey Liss, added, quote, I don't think any human could shout more than Jeremy Clarkson. Or I, excuse me, I didn't think any human could shout more than Jeremy Clarkson. Then Chris Evans appeared, and boy, did he ever correct me. Which is a tweet I wrote. I mean, that is real. And they even Where did you me, shout it, right? Yeah, right. And that was the, they even did me the courtesy of adding the missing he, which I accidentally dropped in my tweet. Um, Casey Chats. Uh, yeah, Casey Chats, exactly. Um, I stand by the tweet as being kind of funny and the point that I was trying to make that, oh my goodness, Chris Evans shouts a lot. But it's. it's <sighs> Is this really what I want to be known for? Like, I know I'm overblowing this, and I know that nobody will really see this except the listeners of this show, and and even listeners of this show probably won't remember having read this, but it really bothered me that something that I was getting a little bit of notice over was so negative and perhaps disparaging. And I don't think I want to be known for that. And I've been trying lately to catch myself and stop being as snarky because everyone, and maybe this is a nerd thing, but almost all of my friends, people I love dearly, all of us tend to enjoy getting a little jab in or dig in here and there and being snarky on the internet. I mean, watch the WWDC 
tweet storm that that all of us participate in. I'm sure all of us will have something snarky to say at some point or another. But especially when it comes to people, I've been trying to be cognizant lately of being less disparaging and, and being either positive or silent. And this was not a time when I followed my own advice. And I kind of regret it, even though I do think it was a pretty funny tweet. So I've been thinking about this uh, recently, too, but just the different reasons. I don't know what the reasons are, but I've just been thinking about this stuff. I think me and you have spent um, a, a, a non, uh, non-zero amount of time on this show talking about the effect that other people's words can have on you. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where I've been thinking to myself recently, if I don't like it when somebody that I don't know tweets something to me or tweets something about me, then I shouldn't really do that um, to to other people that I don't know, to, yep. to celebrities that I don't know or people that are bigger than me, you know. And I'm not perfect. I'm really not. But I spend more time considering this kind of stuff. And a, a, an argument that is used very frequently for this type of thing is this person's famous. They need to un- know how to take it. Mm-hmm. Or like this person's famous. It comes with the job. And I don't think that's fair. And the reason I don't think it's fair is because I think most people, with the exception of like people that go on reality TV shows like Big Brother or Survivor or something, they are famous because they're good at something. Right. Right. You know, like people that go on these shows like Survivor, these reality TV shows, I'm sure they're good at lots of things, but it's not why they're famous. Mm -hmm. You know, they're famous because they were on a TV show. And maybe they're entertaining on a TV show, but that wasn't necessarily the skill that they had in their life. But, you know, you think of like a singer or an actor, they are famous because they're good at that thing or maybe because they're good looking or whatever. But they they, they started doing a thing because they liked it, right? They yep. liked to do acting. They liked to sing. You know, they liked to write. They liked to podcast, like whatever it is these people do. They began doing this thing because they enjoyed the work. And then through whatever means they became, you know, famous or, you know, notable in some way, which then opened them up to a wider world and with it criticism from listeners, readers, viewers, that kind of thing. The the idea then that this person should just be able to take this stuff is not fair because all that person wanted to do was sing their songs or uh, write their plays. And to kind of say like, oh, well, if you don't like it, stop, you know, stop doing X also isn't fair because then you're telling someone to stop doing something that they love. And again, like if people complain about that, I think they're right to complain about it because this isn't what they signed up for. They wanted to do the thing, you know, the thing that you probably enjoy if you're even bothering to criticize them. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, And it's just when I try and like 
distill what are the things that bother me in my life, you know, and I try and think about those and, and try and get better about the way I react to those. And I do think there is a give and take. I do think that there is an element that if you're in the public eye, you need to you need to work on how you deal with these things, right? You just need to do it, especially in today's age. You know, it's not your job. And, you know, and I do think that, you you know, you just got to try and get better all the time. You're not going to be perfect, but you try and learn and, and adapt. But I don't think that it's right to say that it is expected that that person should just take it. Yeah. So I've been thinking more and more about this, about the way I conduct myself on the Internet. And I'm just trying to be more cognizant of that in the things that I do. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And and it's funny because when I wrote that tweet, I thought to myself, well, I'm just spraying this into the ether. Like nobody's ever going to see this anyway, except the handful yeah. of people and that follow me. Yeah, it was just a fun thing, right? It was right. a funny thing. And and certainly there's no chance that Chris Evans would ever see it. I mean, I, I deliberately didn't mention him on Twitter because I didn't want him to see it. And it occurred to me, there is a very small but possible chance that he will have seen that tweet in this Daily Mail article. And that just makes me it sick. It has now been amplified, yes. Right, exactly. And I, I don't want to be known for that. I don't want him to know me for that. Again, I'm sure he'll forget who said it momentarily, but like, I don't want to be causing him that ill will. And I think part of the reason I felt like it was okay was because, oh, he'll never see it. I'm shouting into the ether and, and you know, he's a celebrity anyway. He's untouchable, so whatever. Much the same things that you were just describing. But you know what? People who say crappy things about you and me probably feel the same way and it still bothers us so why wouldn't it bother chris evans you know like it's just i don't think that that's the kind of energy oh god i sound like such a hippie but i don't feel like that's the kind of energy i want to be putting into the world and just like you said i'm trying to be much more cognizant and i'm trying to be better about tearing people down and i'm trying to be more I'm trying to be more active about building people up. You know, another example might be, oh, man, I just had the, the best uh, you know, I've had the best pizza at Domino's just now. You know what? If you like that pizza at Domino's, fine. Or l let's take another example. I just had an unbelievable cup of coffee in, Bar in Barcelona uh, or however you pronounce it, Barcelona. Um, why should I say, oh, God, coffee is the worst? I don't know why I would even bother with it. it oh, God. Like, and I did that all the time in the past. I mean, shoot, look at Marco.coffee. I think it's still there. Again, that was a joke. And usually when I say these things to you or Marco or whomever, it's a joke. But is it necessary? What am I really, am I really helping anyone? Is it really doing anything positive? So I should just, I should just shut up. And, and I'm trying to be better about it. But obviously nobody's perfect. And, and this time I blew it and, and I kind of regret it. Live and you learn, my friend. Indeed. All right. We are running a bit long, but let's do one quick relay of your feels, if you don't mind. Yeah, I wanted to do this one because I've had it in the document for a couple of weeks, and it's one of the best questions I think we've ever had uh, because it's so interesting. Lincoln asked, if Apple had gone out of business in the 90s, how would specifically our, mine and yours, Casey, lives be different now? Oh, it would be nine day different. I wouldn't be talking oh, to you right now. No, I, I can't even imagine what my job would be. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably would not be a professional podcaster. I mean, it's possible, but probably not. Like, I don't even think I would have had the interest in marketing. You think so? Companies like Apple and, and just technology in general 
and it was you know the i think really it was apple that that, that made the dent in me from a technology perspective taught me ways to think about marketing and products and and things like that and i don't know if i would have had the same level of interest yeah i can understand that i mean i think my life would be tremendously different um i i don't know that i i just i I don't even know how to enumerate how it'd be different I, I, i try to trace things back like when did apple really start affecting my life and and I think we've talked about it on this show, you know, way back when I was active on Tumblr and, and Marco was still working there. We went back and forth publicly in a, in a happy way, talking about, oh, I don't understand the point of a Mac. It's such a waste. Fast forward to, okay, I think I might buy a Mac. Fast forward to, I bought a Mac. Fast forward to, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Why did I wait? And although I didn't have a large audience after that exchange, that was the first semblance of an audience that I ever had. And it kind of snowballed from there, right? You know, what if what if Marco never got a Mac? What if I never got a Mac? What if John Syracuse wasn't using Macs anymore? What if you never got a Mac? You know, like all roads for present my present day life sort of lead back to Apple. I mean, let's take another silly example. Um, would Aaron be able to stay home with Declan if this whole podcasting thing didn't exist. And I'm, and I'm going on the assumption that this whole podcasting gig wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Apple. I think we could still afford to have her be at home, even on just my jobby job salary, but certainly the podcasting money ain't hurting. So Declan's entire life in principle, and I mean, who knows, maybe all this podcasting money will go away tomorrow. Certainly there's a lot of talk of what, of how Stitcher is going to ruin everything, but sitting here today, Declan's life is night and day different night and day because Apple's still here because I don't know that Aaron would be a stay at home mom otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's that's staggering. I mean, imagine whoever you are listening to this, if your parents, one of your parents stayed home with your caregivers stayed home with you. Imagine that they didn't or vice versa. If both of your caregivers or one or whoever was, you know, was at work every day and you had to go to daycare or what have you. Imagine that wasn't the case. Imagine they were home with you. How different would your life be right now? That could be Declan all because of Apple. It's a it's a tenuous thread. I mean, there's there's much more to it than just that. But that is a very big ripple in in the in the lake. That is my reality. That's a terrible analogy, but hopefully hopefully you're with me. Yeah. I am. I like that. It was beautiful. I think that on that beautiful image, we must end. Would you say it's a bombshell? I would. <laughs> Should we do the, uh, what did he call it? Should we do the TV walk-off or whatever it was? Ay, ay, ay. <laughs>